Zach Efron is like a huge celebrity crush of mine, has been since of the sixth grade. Okay, I feel what is it because of high school musical? It's because of high school musical. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the Zach Efron train before high school musical. Oh, whatever. I, <laughs> I liked him before he was cool. <laughs> he was in this tv show I think seriously like I was like 10 or 11 called Summerland yeah and he had a massive gap tooth I remember that (laughs) he was so cute and he was like so awkward and dorky and then he was also in looking back like sixth grade me was like (laughs) he's so hot and now me looking back, I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah. he was so cute. <laughs> like, he was so But, like, looking. compare sixth grade Zac Efron to today's Zac Efron. Oof. Boy, grew yeah. up. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the same page. If you don't already know me, I'm your host, Jenna Clausen, lover of books, sympathizer of book-to-movie adaptations, and owner of an embarrassingly long TBR list. Each month, I'll be bringing on a bookish friend or two to discuss some of our current and favorite books, as well as a few recent binge-watches, and to share in a buddy read. Grab a drink, join the discussion, and let's find out if we're on the same page. Trigger warnings for the book that we'll be discussing in today's episode include sexual content, loss of a parent, and cancer, and mention of a car accident and injury to children. Please keep that in mind as you listen, and if you choose to read this book. My guest today is my friend Rachel, also known on Instagram as shellwhite211. Rachel is a part-time teacher and full-time social media manager for a motorcycle dealership. She's also involved in multiple book clubs on Instagram, including the Evergreen Readers and Literally Shelved Nonfiction Chats. As always, you can find all of her information, as well as where to follow her, down in the show notes. And with that, let's jump on into the episode. Well, welcome back to the same page. I'm excited to chat with you. I know, me too. Before we start talking about the book and I kind of go over the publication stuff again. Um, do you want to start us off with what you're drinking this week? Yes. Um, so I just, I mean, it's morning, so I've just got my coffee again. Um, but I did oat milk in my coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I also did. So I had posted in the stories yesterday that I got a matcha latte. It was actually my second one of the day because my husband really wanted another one of the coffees that he had the day before. It, so he went to Starbucks again and mm-hmm. got me another one. And I did not finish it because I can't do that much caffeine in a day. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I have it left over, which is nice because like you yeah. said, it is early. That's really today. good. Um, so it's a Starbucks matcha latte with oat milk because by, since we talked last week, they added oat milk. I know my, it was serious. I know it was within the the next few days. I was like, whoa, she predicted this. (laughs) They just, they listened to the episode and they were like, oh, damn, we really need to get that oat milk out to Texas. (laughs) 
apparently I don't know yeah well good I'm uh there we go reach behind me so today I'm super excited again we are talking about simmer down cover looks like this again very cute uh just some information about the book author is Sarah Smith Uh, published by Berkeley Publishing. Copyright year is 2020. And then this uh, paperback version that I have is 319 pages. And I'm really quickly going to go ahead and read the back cover since once again, I forgot to do that last week. Uh, Nikki DeMarco knew life wouldn't be all sunshine and coconuts when she quit her dream job to help her mom serve up mouthwatering Filipino dishes to hungry beachgoers. But she didn't expect the Maui food truck scene to be so eat or be eaten, or the competition to be so smoking hot. But Tiva's Filipina cuisina, uh, cuisina? I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, Has faced bigger road bumps than the arrival of Callum James. Nikki doesn't care how delectable the British food truck owner is. He rudely set up shop next to her coveted beach parking spot. He's stealing her customers and fanning the flames of a public feud that makes her see sparks. The solution? Let the upcoming Maui Food Festival decide their fate. Winner keeps the spot. Loser pounds sand. But the longer their rivalry simmers, the more Nikki starts to see a different side of Callum. A sweet, protective side. Is she brave enough to call a truce? Or will trusting Callum with her heart mean jumping from the frying pan into the fire? Apparently, it's early enough that reading is very hard for me. (laughs) I just had a very hard time with that. Uh, (laughs) But it's super cute. I enjoyed it a lot. Do you? I know you did a bit last week, but do you want to give us a little bit of a SparkNotes version again of why you chose this one? Yeah, um... I think the main thing that drew me to it was just the food trucks. Mm. And we talked last week about, uh, about our love for food trucks. And I don't think I've read better when it comes from, (laughs) I don't think I've read a story involving food trucks. Um, I I don't think I have either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting because I was thinking about that, uh, when I was reading it and there's a lot set in restaurants, but it's usually like the big five-star restaurant that it takes a week to get a reservation for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved like all the talk of the food and the oh, setting so too. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It made me want to go out to a food truck. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there aren't really any in El Paso and especially not right now. Mm. But I, I did really miss or like... um in we were talking a lot about Washington specifically last week and in Puyallup there is or at least used to be this big like taco bus that was huge for everyone like all Puyallup people knew about the taco bus and that's just what it was called nobody Mm. really knew the name but it was so good and I just I just got very hungry thinking about it yeah but I was thinking about that while I was reading um, there's one up here, uh, that I really like called stacks burgers oh, and yep. they, what, do you know them? Mm-hmm. Oh, they have a PB and J burger. I don't think I've it's, tried that one. Okay. It's amazing. It's my <laughs> favorite. <laughs> wow. I love uh, so overall, what did you think? Did you like it? Did it live up to what you were hoping for? Yes. 
yeah, I really did like it. I will be honest though, in the very beginning, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. Beginning was a bit slow. I was not expecting well, I like I have all these tabs in my book. (laughs) Um, if from like page 50 to page 80, that's when I was like, uh, I don't know. It's when she starts having like her little fantasy dreams about him and oh so it was because you didn't like the steam well (laughs) that was that was part of it but it just like it it honestly just felt like really ridiculous to me like from that point until the London point um that I I actually when she's sitting on the airplane I like wrote on my tab like is this real life am I going to hate this <laughs> book because it just seems so ridiculous to me but it definitely got better and I did end up really enjoying it <laughs> hilarious um so I should say really quickly um before we start talking about characters quotes scenes all that good stuff mm-hmm. Um, As usual, we're going to try and keep any in-depth discussion about the ending or any, like, particularly spoilery bits towards the Mm -hmm. end of the episode. Uh, So, sorry, it is so early and my voice is just, like, not about it. (laughs) So this is going to be a greeting episode. Um, But uh, so anyone who might be interested in reading this book after we talk about it and might not want it spoiled for them, you will get an official spoiler warning. Uh, I ended up really enjoying this one. Like I said, the beginning, there were parts that were a little bit slower for me, um, but none that were like slow enough that I had a hard time getting through them. It was Mm -hmm. just slow-ish to the point where I was like, I'm ready yeah. for the end of this scene type thing. Right, right. And I I think I had mentioned uh, in last week's episode that I last year read her first book, which was Faker, and mm-hmm. that I remember liking it but not loving it. And so I was excited for this book, but I was also a little bit nervous to see if that was going to be the case again. Um, and I did like this one better. I I don't know if that was the setting with the food trucks or if Mm -hmm. it was um that I liked the characters more maybe I'm not quite sure but yeah I did like this one better and they were kind of weirdly similar in places they're both like uh workplace enemy to lover type thing Mm. this one obviously is a little bit different since they Mm -hmm. are competitors not like working in the same office but anyway that's my spiel on that yeah Uh, um so I warned you yesterday that we were going to talk about favorite uh character scene and quotes if you had them do you want to start off with a favorite character okay um my favorite character I mean okay obviously I I kind of really struggled with this book because I felt like I related a lot to the main character and mm-hmm. her her like fears about relationships and um just the way that she reacted to things throughout the book I felt like I related to her a lot sure. but I would say I think at the end of the day for me the MVP of the book 
was Penelope. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> I absolutely wrote her down. So after we talk about characters, I'll kind of go into the plot a little bit. <clears throat> so you'll get more about her then, but Penelope is so cool. And she doesn't come in until like halfway through the book. I know, like a third I, of well, the way still, through the book. Even, yeah, <laughs> even when she comes in, I feel like she still wasn't like a main part of the book, but until the things the that she does, yeah. yeah, the things that she does though are like, she's such a good friend to Nikki oh, and no. like never wanting anything in return. I, I wrote <laughs> in the book, um, at the point where she really like helps Nikki out. Yeah. Which I wrote or her, what she said was, um or Nikki said to her like why would you do this and she said it's my job and you're my friend and I just wrote in the margins like MVP seriously so she's so good uh okay so <laughs> again we will talk about the ending at closer to the end of the episode so I'm not gonna say quite what she does yet but yeah she full-on comes and saves the day and she's yeah. like Yes, and she's a hype man for Nikki the whole time, and it's just, oh, yeah. it's so good, but she basically is a social media manager and, like, consultant. She started a social media consulting company, which, first of all, is awesome, mm-hmm. and you find out, again, towards the end of the book, because that's when they're having more of these conversations, but you find out she moved to Maui with a boyfriend and literally a month later found out he was cheating on her and instead of moving back home she was like cool I'm gonna make a life for myself here and you right. can go bug off a little bit <laughs> it was so good I know modern woman energy uh, there <laughs> I love her so much um <laughs> so Talk about the plot a little bit here, and if I get to, like, a favorite scene or something that particularly jumped out at you, go ahead and Mm -hmm. stop me. Uh, Okay. And I would love to hear your thoughts on it. And I'm going to try and, again, give a little bit of a SparkNotes version so that people can still do their own reading if they would like to. But basically, like it says on the back cover, uh, she and her mom run this food truck And they have this like perfect spot on the beach and it's amazing and it took them forever to find it, but they found it. And this super rude, super hot British man shows up with his food truck and his brother and is like, cool, we're parking here too now and you can't do anything to stop us. And she's (laughs) like, okay, bitch, it's on like type thing. And they start battling. Uh, Yeah, he had a very bad first impression. It was bad. It actually took me a while to like him because yeah. of that. I I did in the end, but it took me a while to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they start like fucking battling it out. And she puts a sign in front of his truck, something about, oh gosh, what Imp- was Imperialist. Yeah. Imp- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imperialist food. <laughs> Uh, or like mediocre imperialist food or yeah, so- yeah. something <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that people won't go and buy stuff from his food truck and he doesn't notice until the work day is almost over which was quite funny to me mm-hmm. and then he puts one in front of her truck that says she and her mom are diseased and are like sorry. right leprosy <laughs> that's right I forgot what it was and then it 
gets a little bit more tame, like just stealing the sauce bottles or the napkin holder, you know, whatever, and hiding the things that are in front of their truck. But it gets pretty brutal in the beginning. One thing that I thought was very funny was uh, food bloggers and and vloggers are a huge part of this story. (laughs) And they start flocking to these basically dueling food trucks to try and get videos of them arguing Mm because they have gone viral. And that was rough, I think. It obviously that's the thing that would actually happen in real life, but you you like to imagine that it wouldn't. (laughs) Right. Everyone wants the gossip. Everyone wants the tea. I know. Give me the tea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so people keep showing up and this one food vlogger, which, what was his name? Uh, Mateo. Mateo. Uh, (laughs) I had him at one point written down as an honorable mention and then I was like, no, Penelope needs her own time to shine. Uh, (laughs) But this one food vlogger that like comes back pretty frequently in the story uh convinces them that it's the best idea for everyone to just keep going business as usual until this big food festival which is a competition and whichever one of them either wins or gets a higher score uh gets to keep this coveted spot so what did you think about that as a like problem-solving moment. Was that good? Or Um, should we just have said, like, bitch, I was here first. Get out of my way. (laughs) Right. I mean, like, yes, from day one, he should have just moved. Um, And I think especially if he had won and she had to move. um, I would have been pissed. Yeah. (laughs) So slight spoiler, she she does win and, and keep the spot. Uh, that's why I paused right after I said I was like I know (laughs) you're like let me pause so that if she has to cut that out there's room uh but but yeah if if he had kept the spot in the end I would have Mm -hmm. been pissed (laughs) yeah um but I did like that like the addition of that I thought that was so cool like there being a food truck festival that they had to compete at like mm-hmm. it seemed I like really cool too because mm-hmm. it was all of the food trucks on the island but then also the bigger restaurants could compete too mm-hmm. yeah yeah thought that was really cool uh, like is that a real thing can we go to that right they got to when like, cast their this? boats on their phone i know got to eat all of the good food oh my gosh the food yeah. sounded amazing and now i'm just very hungry think mm-hmm. thinking about this book again <laughs> um yeah so I thought I thought it was pretty cool I agree I do think it should have just been like I will leave because you were here first Mm -hmm. and I can see that I'm causing problems for you uh but near the end he he explains why he didn't leave it didn't make it better for me. I mm-hmm. like I said, I did like him at the end, even though it took me a bit of time to get there. But that was one of the moments where he was like, "Yeah, you, I. This is why I didn't do it." And she's like, "Okay, that makes sense." And I'm like, "No, it doesn't." <laughs> <laughs> I know. I didn't feel like 
his explanation wasn't it just like that was the like the first place they found yeah it was that he was there to help his brother who hadn't found a spot and right so he just like stole a spot and was like here right. we're here now and she yeah. was like yeah I didn't that feel makes like it sense was like a valid excuse no <laughs> <laughs> like bro you no, could have driven annoying. around a little bit more <laughs> right <laughs> He's like, I guess I didn't realize that it was so hard to find to find a spot. And like, yeah, you didn't because you stole one. <laughs> I know, but I mean, it had to it had to happen for the story. I guess it's one of those you have to excuse someone being a jerk so that you can get the enemies to lovers and the banter and whatnot. But at the same time, it's like, why? Why mm-hmm. is this so easily forgiven? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they start working towards this festival and they are still pranking each other a little bit. They're still fighting. And she is sort of every once in a while trying to be nice and not really like buddy-buddy up to him, but be like, we can be civil adult human beings around each other. Uh, and he's just like, Nuh-uh, and blows her off. Uh, it ended up not being it's, all no, it's, that. It's way more intense than just, like, nuh-uh. It's, like, glares. Yeah, like, shoves past her in the farmer's yeah, like, market. turning his back on her like he's, like, a two-year-old. <laughs> he's <a> very dramatic. <laughs> he's a very melodramatic person. Um... <laughs> quite as important to the plot as I thought it would even though I loved it very much uh so I'll just kind of briefly mention but she finds a cat on a beach who is injured and it turns out pregnant and just like really wants to love on someone and she takes this cat to the vet and he's there because he volunteers there because this is kind of the book trying to be like he actually has He's a, a soul. good person. Yeah. <laughs> no, but look, he really likes cats and he volunteers <laughs> at a vet shelter. <laughs> He's a good person. You should fall in love with him now and, and get married. Uh, <laughs> it felt a little bit like a cop out, but I get it. Um, and so he like pays for the vet bills for this cat. And she takes the cat home and is like, He's still a jerk though. Because he makes it the way he says it. And again, never fully explained away once they're on good terms. But he makes it very like, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for the cat. You suck. (laughs) And she's like, (laughs) okay, jerk. (laughs) I'm taking this cat home now. Bye. And that's another thing that I feel like it was not uh, sufficiently explained once they were together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that was my biggest issue with this book, honestly, was mm. that so many. I feel like enemies to lovers, I love a lot as a plot point in a book, but or as a trope. But I feel like my favorite ones are when it's all a misunderstanding, mm. and like maybe. Oh, they oh dislike, I get what you're saying. They dislike each other, but like the reasoning was Mm -hmm. a misunderstanding and like they both saw bad sides of 
the misunderstanding or whatever. I'm not explaining that very well because I'm very tired. But um, yeah, I just feel like he was really mean a lot of the yeah. time in this book. She described him as a curmudgeon. Which I love. Like, yeah, that is a word that I think people should use more often is a curmudgeon. <laughs> I know. I was like, that's a good word for him. Right. We should bring that back. We should start calling people curmudgeons when they're <laughs> grumpy. Um, but yeah, he very much was like, he seemed like the little old man yelling at kids to get off his lawn. Like he just, mm-hmm. he seemed mean a lot of the time, uh, up until what I'll get to in a minute where they like call a truce and they like each other now. And now they, it's all because they've found each other really attractive and that's part of why they've been fighting. And it just kind of was forgotten that he was legitimately mean, I feel like. Yeah. And then it's yeah. just like never fully brought up. She, in a moment of sexual passion, is like, you never apologized. And he was like, I apologize. And then went back to business, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, that one. That would be my biggest issue with this book, I think, is that it was never, mm. like, explained yeah. to a, a good enough extent, I don't think. It just, it, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I liked it. But that just, that yeah, bugs that. me. Hmm. Um, and so she adopts this cat. He's a dick. Uh, <laughs> they keep going. And one scene that you mentioned sort of is when she starts having dreams about him because she sees him naked at a beach and is like yes please I want that uh, <laughs> I didn't get very much sleep Wait. last night so my brain is saying things in a very weird way <laughs> can we talk about how he's described he's a mixture oh my of gosh yes Zach Efron and <laughs> Michael Fassbender did you know who Michael Fassbender was before Yes, uh, partially because, well, okay, mostly because <laughs> my classics buddy Reed did Jane Eyre a couple of months ago and we watched oh, okay. the movie. Um, I knew him from other things, but that was like the most recent why he pulled up to my head so easily. Um, but yes, I did. But it is kind of a weird I mixture. can't picture a combination <laughs> of them. <laughs> I looked him up, Michael Fassbender, and I was like, wait, how do you combine him? <laughs> That's so funny. He's from the newer X-Men movies, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, so I, Zach Efron is, like, a huge celebrity crush of mine, has been since the sixth grade. Okay, I feel is it because of high school musical it's because of high school musical okay. yeah <laughs> i was on the zach efron train before high school musical oh whatever i, <laughs> he I was liked him before he was cool <laughs> <laughs> he was in this tv show i think seriously like i was like 10 or 11 called summerland yeah and he had a massive gap tooth i remember like, that <laughs> God, he was so Nothing cute. Gap. 
and he was like so awkward and dorky and then he was also in looking back like sixth grade me was like (laughs) he's so hot and now me looking back I'm like he was so cute (laughs) like he was so but like compare sixth grade Zac Efron to today Zac Efron boy grew Uh, up (laughs) I know uh he and Nick Jonas were like my I, I want to say childhood, but that makes it sound very weird. But my like junior high to high school <laughs> celebrity crushes, like they persisted yeah. all throughout. Mm-hmm. And just because I was the age for it, like I was the target demographic for high school mm-hmm. musicals and the Jonas Brothers. Um, yeah. And my first I, concert was a Jonas Brothers concert. <laughs> I went to one or two of their concerts. My first concert that like I picked. Because uh, I had gone to a lot of concerts with my family um, that I really enjoyed. I don't mean to make it sound like I didn't, but they weren't like, I picked the person and I went to the concert type thing. But my first one that was, was the Cheetah Girls <laughs> with the headliner, or no, with the opening act, Hannah Montana, when she wow. was opening for the Cheetah Girls. <laughs> Weird tangent. <laughs> but um now as an adult every once in a while I'll like pat myself on the back for how well my uh, childhood crushes aged because they only got hotter <laughs> that's very true I was more of a Joe girl than a Nick girl fair I but had I mean, one he's... friend that was like I'm a Kevin girl and I was like you do not exist this is not a thing <laughs> that's so good (laughs) which is uh, so sad and I feel bad for saying now because he's like he was he he always seemed like such a sweet person and he was in the group so he was like equally talented as the other ones Mm -hmm. Uh, I know so many girls that have said like after watching their latest documentary (laughs) they're like oh my heart beats for Kevin Kevin (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah so I just pictured him either as Zac Efron or as another British actor who has blonde wavy hair. <laughs> but fair. I couldn't quite get the Michael Fassbender in there. Yeah, I was trying to like go through the, <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid. I was trying to go through like the Rolodex of Zac Efron like forms in my mind. Because as he got older, he had so many different looks. And I was like, maybe there's a specific one that meshes with Michael Fassbender. There wasn't one that I could think of. <laughs> That's so funny. You didn't watch the second Hunger Games, right? Um, I think I saw the second one. I think I saw okay. one and two. Because the, the guy in the second <laughs> one that played Finnick that's who I kept picturing him as anytime that she would mention like blonde wavy hair that's who I pictured was Finnick um (laughs) he also was the guy in me before you I think his name is Mm -hmm. Sam something but I can't I can't remember that's who I pictured though (laughs) yeah oh my gosh I'm so glad you wrote that down because I forgot about that but that is (laughs) hilarious um But yeah, so she sees him naked at the beach and starts having these dreams about him. And 
I won't talk about this too long because I know you said it wasn't your favorite part and the steam is not always for you. But I did just want to briefly mention, I thought it was interesting and honestly kind of cool that there is then like a uh, trigger warning for sexual content. There is a female masturbation scene in the book, which I, maybe it's just the books that I'm reading, uh, the rom-coms and stuff, but that just seems like I don't see that in books very often. And mm-hmm. a lot of the time when I do, it is at the urging of her partner mm-hmm. somehow for the male partner's uh, satisfaction or pleasure. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't at all. Like, this was mm-hmm. before they got friendly or started talking it was mm-hmm. you know before anything and just I just thought she that was, was she was really turned on by what she saw in that right <laughs> and it is descriptive um but I just thought that was honestly really cool just because I don't see that very often and mm. uh I I liked that it was included normalized yeah exactly and then down the line she her mom kind of forces her to go on this trip to London she's like you need a vacation you never stop working you're driving me a little crazy (laughs) go visit your aunt and uncle I bought you a ticket and she goes and she gets on the plane and who should sit next to her but Mr. Food Truck Hunk uh and she's like um flight attendant I would like to switch seats because he's rude (laughs) That was one of my favorite lines, though, in the book when <laughs> when the flight attendant keeps hitting on him and she's like, do you want a drink? You want some ginger ale? Do you want this? And oh, my she God. Goes, she said something about, like, goes, uh, well, we don't have ginger ale. not either of us. Because <laughs> the flight attendant was, like, leaning over and she was like, um, uh, we don't have any ginger ale. We have coca-cola and sprite and i can't i i don't want to think about you being parched or something and it was so weird thirsty yeah like what a weird way to fly like going up to someone like can i get you to something to drink so you're not parched like it was so weird (laughs) yeah and then nikki's like someone is thirsty and it's not any of the people in this row (laughs) That was one of my favorite lines. (laughs) It was very good. Uh, I really, when he shows up and is the one that's sitting next to her, that's when I was like, really? Is this a joke? (laughs) Am I going to like this book? (laughs) Right. It it was kind of a little ridiculous. And like, what are the odds? Like, it's one thing to say they're on the same flight and they have to like, see each other or be near each other at the airport but even in her like inner monologue in the book she's like can we talk about the million to one chance that (laughs) even if this week we're both flying to London he happens to be on this exact flight from Seattle to London and happens to be in the seat next to me and like all this stuff and I'm like, yeah, actually, can we talk about those thoughts? Because there, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, I feel like it was meant to a little bit be like the uh, 
you're at a hotel and there's only one bed trope. But it was more unbelievable than that, I feel like. And even that one, people make fun of a little bit because it's like, okay, you take this bed and I'll go stay at the hotel down the street and like, we're fine. Or like, Mm -hmm. I'll sleep in the car, you know, whatever. There are other ways to handle that. But but, um, yeah, it just felt like that was kind of what it was going for, but it took about a step and a half over the line. Yeah. It was just, I didn't hate it. It was just weird. Turning point, but yeah. yeah. So they're super flirty on the flight and they get really personal. Um, They talk about their past and their family. And I'm not going to go too, too in depth with the family just because the trigger warnings that I will have put at the beginning of the episode, quite a few of those do relate to Nikki's dad and his passing. But he learns that she and her mom run this food truck because it was her mom and dad's like dream was to retire in Maui and to run a food truck. And she quit her job and went to spend time with her dad um, before he passed away and then is helping run this food truck. And they've been having a lot of money issues because they're having to pay for medical bills and stuff like that. And you find out that he also quit his job and moved to Maui to help his younger brother, who actually owns and runs the food truck, because he made bad financial decisions, I guess, Mm -hmm. and needed money help, and his parents weren't going to help. Yes, so again, not quite the same thing when he's like, I need to help, and this is, we're stealing this spot now, it's ours. We've earned it. (laughs) Not quite the same thing. But they find out about each other's past, they feel connected to each other, and they decide that they are going to start kind of fooling around and seeing what happens while they're both in London. And so they do, and it is, this book was very steamy and sexual. I I would put it probably three and a half, four out of five on the scale what do you think Mm -hmm. yeah definitely (laughs) yeah because it's not quite like there are quite a few scenes that talk about it but none of them are like graphic so I I definitely wouldn't go five um but it it was it was descriptive (laughs) I would say um and so they get back from London they decide to be this like friends with benefits secretly because the um people who run this food contest can't know that they are together which (laughs) i didn't there weren't too many quotes that like stood out to me during this book for some reason um but the one that i did write down was all the way in the beginning on page uh 26 so like early and it's when that vlogger, Mateo, is convincing them to, like, base who gets the spot off of uh, the contest. And he says, festival officials are being even stricter about contest rules this year. The winner has to win on their own merits, which means no help from anyone. I hear that if there's even the slightest hint of eateries fraternizing with each other, uh, you could be disqualified. That certainly won't be the case with you two which 
(laughs) it's slightly because we know it's a rom-com so we know that they're gonna get together but at the same time I was like oh Chekhov is that your gun (laughs) (laughs) just like leave that there like that obviously won't be an issue for you two (laughs) and again part of it is because you know it's a rom-com so like they're gonna at least hook up but it just it was very funny to me (laughs) um anyway so they come back they're trying to keep everything very secretive they're now sharing the cat which is weird they're like it's like a divorced parent situation we share custody um and they are a couple times a week having these like secret dates and this was when one of my favorite scenes happened um was like the one date that they went and did out in the people mm-hmm. you're nodding did you like this one yeah 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 uh so basically i was apparently really bad at taking notes on this book because i didn't write any specifics down but basically it's a like uh casual outdoor masquerade dance block mm-hmm. party type thing yeah uh and so he convinces her to go because it's a masquerade and he's like we'll be hiding in plain sight (laughs) no one will know it's us because we'll be wearing masks um and (laughs) so they go and it's like an outdoor block party and there's dancing and there's drinks and it's a masquerade and just seemed really cool like it seemed like something Mm -hmm. i would want to go to yeah yeah definitely it was very good what were you, what were your thoughts? Um, yeah, like I liked that they were out in the open and I feel like you could really tell that he, I think that that was the point for me where I was like, oh, he definitely wants to be more than mm-hmm. just like hookup buddies. And like, yeah. he, he was so excited to be out in the open and, um, <clears throat> they, yeah, like they got to just see each other outside of, um, the bedroom and see like how like that was the first time of, for him like seeing her dance and like seeing her really like let loose and mm-hmm. um yeah I liked that they got to do that and have that and yeah like you said like it seemed like a really fun date yeah seems like something I just like I would want to do obviously you can't do that very often in Seattle because <laughs> the weather at night even if it wasn't raining it would be <laughs> fairly chilly probably right um but yeah it just seems cool maybe i'll move to maui one day and i'll (laughs) see if it's a real thing um and then the only other thing from this part that i wanted to talk about was their other like go-to date type thing uh out when they are not having lots of sex uh is that they hang out on the couch with the kitty that they adopted and they each have a bottle of like sparkling <laughs> rosé or of pink champagne or whatever and they turn on an episode of the office US and an episode of the office UK and by the end of both episodes they have to try and have each finished their bottle <laughs> of champagne and it's just it's a champagne drinking contest and it was just very funny to me mm-hmm. um yeah and this is one of the only things that like comes back a few times throughout the book. Uh, 
And because they're talking about The Office, they're like comparing the two versions and they're talking about romantic, like grand gestures and what kinds of things they like because they are comparing the two in the show. So they're like, do you like the big romantic gesture that this guy does? Or do you like the like little subtle personal one that this guy does? And she likes the smaller ones. And he likes the big grand gesture show up on a horse like moment, um, which becomes important later. Mm-hmm. Are you a like big romantic gesture girl? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like I... I feel like I'm a sucker for them in books or like mm-hmm. in movies. Like I love the big grand gesture, but I do feel like maybe in real life, I do really like when a guy can take like a little detail from a conversation and then like, remember that later on and, and use that in some mm-hmm. way. I do love that as well. The simple thing, like knowing how you like your coffee mm-hmm. or like your favorite kind of bread for toast or like, okay, you know, this small was things. Something- it's just like, ugh. I had told um, a guy that I had been seeing um, like my workout schedule one week. I told him like, oh yeah, on this night I go to this class and on this night I go to this class. And so like three weeks later, it was a Wednesday night and he was like, oh, you have TRX tonight? And I was just like, you remember that? Like something as small as that. If you can remember something like little like that, it's precious well it's just like oh my gosh you were full ass listening to me Mm -hmm. yeah and like you cared enough so that you got the important bits like you retained this conversation that we right yeah oh it's Mm -hmm. so good Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like I'm kind of in the middle too where I'm like my when my husband proposed it was like this big thing and it was very much like this big romantic gesture type thing But at the same time, like, he will come home and he's like, I saw this Bob Ross coloring book and I know you miss watching The Joy of Painting to fall asleep to. So I thought this would make you smile. And I'm like, it does. Thank you. And like, those are sometimes the most (laughs) romantic things in the world. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it kind of depends. You you need a mix. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. The the big romantic gesture doesn't always work out in real life. Right. There's a moment when you need a big gesture, but if you can keep up those little gestures, that's pretty important too. Exactly. (laughs) And so at this point, we're starting to get a little bit closer to the end of the book. Did you have any other like scenes or quotes or things that you liked from the beginning that you want to talk about before we kind of get further into that? Um. No, mine are, I think mine are closer towards the end. Okay, awesome. So again, they are working towards this festival. It's coming close and they have been fighting a little bit because like Rachel said, at this point, we are definitely in on the fact that uh, Callum wants to be more than friends with benefits and he wants to have a full-on relationship with her and she is not comfortable doing that partially because of the festival um, because she and her mom really need this opportunity and, you know, really could use this money if they won. Uh, And also partially because she has some issues with trusting that she won't lose people because of the situation with her dad. 
And so she is pretty guarded based on that as well. And so they've been fighting a bit. uh, And right before the festival, her mom ends up in a hospital completely unexpectedly. Um, And it turns out that she had been like withholding her health information from Nikki, even though they are living together and Nikki is the one like helping take care of her. Uh, She got some diagnoses right after the dad passed away and was like, I'm not going to add to that. So I'm just going to keep these to myself. And they have this whole argument about that because now there's health issues that first of all, were already happening and Nikki had no idea about. And she's like, what if you had collapsed? And they asked if you were on medication. And I had said, no, like I would not have known what to tell them. And that could be really dangerous for you. Um, And then now she is also having additional health issues that relate to this, that Nikki was not able to like mentally or emotionally prepare herself for because she didn't know about the smaller issues that led to it what what did you think about this I feel like this is kind of a situation where it was like um they both mean well but they're both just slightly missing the mark yeah I think that um like you can see how they both were trying to protect the other one Mm-hmm. You know, like the mom was trying to protect Nikki by withholding this information, like protect her emotionally. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, Nikki, not that, not that she's like the caregiver for the mom. Um, Cause the mom is fully capable and fully healthy. Um, yeah. But she is the only one like with her, you know, she's the only one living with the mom. And so it definitely was important for her to know the information that was going on um but I I think the thing for me that I was the like most irritated with in that scene is that she kept talking about her mom like being honest and she kept saying like we need honesty we need full transparency we need full full honesty and yet she was withholding this massive thing from her mom too right and like really same situation <laughs> like what if she had gotten in a car accident on her way to see Callum or something and her mom wouldn't have known like Mm-hmm. I I I just was like, there's a little bit of hypocrisy here. There was definitely a bit, yeah. It did bug me that she didn't, if not in that moment in the hospital room, like, I get that. She doesn't need that kind of potential emotional stress right now while she's healing. But, like, even once they were back home, she didn't really tell right. her mom. And I'm like, this is... You're kind of preaching something that you're not following yourself right here. And she like with she withheld it for a long time. And it wasn't until her mom said, like, I already know about this. Yeah. That's when she it finally was the her last mom. like two chapters or something. Right. When she was like, by the way, I already know about this. Were you going to tell me? <laughs> right. And it's if I were I don't know. I feel like if I were the mom and and my daughter was preaching to me honesty. And was getting mad that I wasn't being honest with her. And I It'd knew be that hard she was- not to be like, bitch, listen up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, that part kind of bothered me. Yeah. It bugged me too. I just, I am the youngest 
of my siblings and I like by quite a bit. And so there throughout my life, I feel like never to like a huge extent, but at least partially throughout my life, there's been a whole lot of like me not really knowing what's happening with family members health wise because they're like she's the youngest and she's the most emotional like we will tell her when it's an issue type thing um but I just feel like that is more hurtful than anything else you know so as much as Nikki was in the wrong here I feel like I really felt for her because it's like yeah you need to have time to process things before they become a problem yeah and goodness my my throat um and yeah again it's like she is the only person there so if something had happened while her mom was working in the food truck or while they were home she could have given incorrect information that could have been really uh bad and could have potentially been detrimental so I just, they were both in the wrong in this scene, but I feel like I was almost siding more with Nikki hmm. because it was what her mom was withholding was a bigger deal. Yeah. I don't know. Um, meanwhile, she and Callum have kind of separated, not like officially, but they have a fight. Uh because he tells her he's being too controlling of her mom and she's kind of like really right now you're choosing to say this because I was right like I was right to be worried about her health apparently um and uh yeah so he they have this big fight and he leaves and they don't talk to each other for the next few days and then suddenly they do and everything is normal and they just kind of ignore it And then it's the festival. And this was another moment where I was like, Callum, like I was liking you. And now I'm just really annoyed with you. (laughs) So like they've been working towards this festival for a month, more so. But like it's been about a month since they've decided to also like stake this perfect food truck spot on this competition. And so they've been working and stressing about it for a while now. And he chooses at the festival, like during work hours of the festival, that it is the perfect time to go up and confront her about him having caught feelings and wanting to have a full-blown relationship. And I don't think that she handles it the best, but also like this, this is your perfect moment you think like right Right, now is the time that you think this is an appropriate conversation right I was so annoyed I just again I feel like I took a step back with Callum there Hmm. like read the room man timing is everything and this is (laughs) the worst time you could have chosen is in the middle of this competition that you're in against each other oh I just I got so annoyed at that moment yeah yeah I can see that and so they have this big blow up about she's like I can't 
right now be like, yep, I'm going to date you and just like screw my mom's and dad's dream and this food truck and everything I've been working for since I moved here. Um, and he brings her dad into it, which is super uncalled for. Uh, <laughs> and they have this big blow up. And of course, the vloggers are back and they catch it all on video and post about it. It's just frustrating. It felt a, like they felt a little bit more like TMZ, you know, like that. Yeah, they felt like, very like paparazzi, or like they right. thought they were paparazzi, right? And it's like, yeah, you're, you're not though. Mm -hmm. And then for them to, I, I don't know, for them to like turn the whole breakup thing into, oh, this was all staged, like this was all planned, and yeah. yeah. So at this time at the festival, they officially break up. It's huge. It's all over the internet. People are gossiping about whether it was real or if it was a publicity stunt like we said earlier Nikki does win the competition she and her mom so like get first place not just win against Callum they because the breakup is so big they get told from the people running the festival that they don't get the money because they can't prove that there wasn't fraternization between the two food trucks which is just annoying i feel like they should have been able to like she and callum should have been able to prove that there wasn't yeah they should have been able to do like some kind of investigation into it for something as big as that like it right. was twenty thousand dollars like to just yeah. be like uh eh, just kidding <laughs> Yeah, so they do. Yeah. They just email her and are like, oh, we saw that you broke up with your boyfriend. Mm -hmm. um, but also because that boyfriend also cooks food, uh, we're keeping the $20,000 right. that we promised you. Sorry. Um, and this is where our girl, Penelope, the MVP, <laughs> comes in. So, so I basically skipped right past her in the right talking yeah. about the book, but she is again a social media like professional uh, and is a consultant or running social media. Kind of a gray area in the book. It's not super. Um, I think it's just more of like she has her own like Instagram blog and a massive following. But mm -hmm. then because of her account, she's been working with these other brands doing social sense. media for them. Yeah. Um, but for like huge companies. Like right, right. Yeah. TV channels. Mm -hmm. and so, uh, but she runs into Nikki pretty early on and is like, oh my gosh, I love your food truck. It's the best food on the island. I eat there probably way more often than I should. I love you. Hardcore fangirling. Yes. And then later on, she bumps into she and Callum together. And they're like, don't tell anyone. We're keeping it a secret. But also, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We call you Cupid sometimes. And she's like, yeah, oh my yeah, god, yeah. really? And even <laughs> at that point, and that's, uh, I, I would say, almost two-thirds into the book, probably. Right. So even at that point, it seems like she's just going to be kind of a silly like vlogger character that just shows up in fangirls once in a while yeah I thought that she was going to ruin it for them like I thought yeah. she was going well, to tell people that's what it leads you to believe yeah mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. and then she doesn't 
And instead, she's a badass. And at this point, like, scoops Nikki up and is like, we're BFFs now. Mm-hmm. And Nikki's like, cool, love that, and tells her the <laughs> whole story. And she calls Nikki right after this email comes through that they're not getting the prize money. And is like, hey, they just put up a statement and it's super shitty what they did. But you just got tagged in something else from this other (laughs) TV station that I'm in charge of the social media for. And I convinced them to do the thing and go look at what it is. And basically it's this post that they're tagged in of this huge uh, TV station saying what these people did taking this money away was so dumb and unnecessary uh, and so we're going to give you the money instead and you can be in a commercial for our TV station. Just like, because we like you. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, Nikki, or she, Penelope, like, why would you do this? Or why did you do this for me? And she's just yeah. like, because we're friends. Yeah. Because we're <laughs> like friends. I did this huge thing. thing. <laughs> right. And, she, and that, was, that was part of like what I loved about Penelope was she never asked for anything back from Nikki like she never no, not it once. wasn't like uh hey if you do this for me I'll do this for you it was just like oh let me do all of this for you and she continues yeah. to do things that will help Nikki like later on she's helping work in the food truck and helping paint the food truck mm-hmm. and she does an Instagram live with Nikki that we'll talk about later um, because she has this huge following and just like all of these things and you never really see Nikki reciprocate it right I'm sure that she was and it just wasn't in the story or that we can assume that the character does later on and it's just Mm -hmm. like this is when I'm low and I'm being carried through and then it'll switch and I'll help carry her through Mm -hmm. type thing but I wish that there had been a little bit more of something just to be like this is a mutual thing and it's not just Penelope being like a guardian angel basically Mm -hmm. yeah I agree and so now we get to the big romantic gestures uh early earlier on in the book like again around two-thirds of the way through uh Nikki and Callum are asked to cover for a chef who can't make it anymore who was going to do this big like featured dinner at this hotel fancy restaurant I wasn't quite sure uh and they do it and everyone loves it and it's amazing and they get offered a job to work there uh and they both take it and it's great and then the big breakup happens And the guy calls Nikki and is like, hey, Callum isn't doing it anymore, but he said that you would be better for it anyway, and you're amazing, and he never gives compliments. And she realizes that this is his, like, small but personal and heartfelt romantic gesture. Mm -hmm. And so she tries to make a big one. What did you you think about this? What were your thoughts? Um, like... I, I get it. I get what she was doing, mm-hmm. but it seemed like a little uh, misplaced because she already knew that he didn't use Instagram. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, yeah, I liked the fact that she was like, he did the kind of romantic gesture that he knows I appreciate, so I should do the kind that he appreciates. And I liked the fact that it was both of them doing a romantic gesture to win each other back instead of mm-hmm. right person like taking the lead and doing this romantic gesture and everything being okay in the end. Um but yeah, she decides to do it by doing this big Instagram live with Penelope and confessing her love to him, which is very sweet and could be huge if he was ever on Instagram to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a, not a plot point, but it's in multiple of their conversations throughout the book that he does not get on Instagram ever. Right. Like he has an account with yes. no posts and no previous stories and like no followers. At that point, I feel like it was just feeding into the conflict almost like because he didn't, he didn't see the grand gesture, but she thought he was just ignoring the grand gesture. Yeah. So it, it felt like it was conflict. trying to, uh, yeah, kind of cause more of that act three tension before the big right. like coming back but at me. that point I was like let's get past this tension like it I felt like it had been dragging on for so long at that point like them going back and forth and arguing like mm-hmm. really like since the mom was in the hospital yeah exactly yeah, yeah. I, I felt like the tension at this point continuing was a little unnecessary and I definitely agree it I love, again, like I said, that they were both doing a gesture for each other and it was going to be this, like, makes them seem so much more like equals in the relationship. And I loved that. But I feel like there would have been so many other ways that she could do this exact same thing that didn't involve social media that he's not on. Right. And I, I also, I get that it was like two birds with one stone because all of the bloggers and bloggers were bothering her, like wanting to get the true story. So I get that she was doing that. Like she was addressing it, but. But like at that point, if they're, they're still bugging her a lot at her food truck. So you have to imagine that they are at his food truck and bugging him still as well. Yeah. And she could have done the Instagram live at his truck. Right. Or like yeah, show yeah. up early and put it on his menu board. Like, yeah. Right. There, yeah. There are so many, or just show up at, like, take Instagram out of the equation, show up at his food truck during business hours and be like, hey, I love you. And later she's like, I didn't even know where you were working. And I feel like that's supposed to explain why she didn't yeah. do any of those. But you, could find out but you knew where he lived (laughs) right but even like you could find out where the food truck is he doesn't do instagram but his brother does for the business right Right. yeah yeah it just it kind of bugged me just because i loved that she was doing the big romantic gesture but like do it any other way you can give the same exact speech you can still do a q a with the annoying vloggers just like in a way that he will see it and not just lend to you misunderstanding a lot of other situations for the next two weeks or however long it was. Right. I don't know. It it was annoying. 
obviously they get back together in the end. Uh, Lemon, the kitty, has her kittens. They sound adorable. I, I loved that. I <laughs> Honestly, besides Penelope, Lemon was the MVP. Um, and then we get to the epilogue. Do you want to talk a little bit about the epilogue? Um, yeah, it kind of shows them working together. They opened up a restaurant together mm-hmm. and we see that Finn, is it Finn? Yeah. Finn mm-hmm. is now the brother. He's now controlling or running both food trucks or managing both food trucks. Mm-hmm. And we see his girlfriend is, um, running Tiva's mm-hmm. and the mom is cooking at the restaurant with Callum and Nikki and then going like one day a week over to Tiva's which made me laugh I feel like I get it because her mom had been having health issues like keep her close by where she knows if something happens there's someone there mm-hmm. to take care of her and Nikki knows that if something were to happen she's there to like know and take care of her but at the same time, it seemed out of character for the mom to be like, okay, yeah, I will go down to once a week at this place. That was my literal dream. Yeah. yeah. This other place. Right, 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 right. Dream. Seemed weird. Mm-hmm. Also, in the epilogue, they're engaged. But you don't really see the proposal. Like, she talks about mm-hmm. it and she says, like, this is how he proposed to me. But I feel like I would have liked it better if you actually, like, felt like you were seeing it in the moment. Hmm. I just, I don't know. Felt like it was, I don't know. Maybe that's just me overreacting. Because like I said, she talks about it and is like, this is how I felt. This is what he said. Mm-hmm. And just It felt, to me at least, like it was missing something hmm. with the fact that it wasn't that in the moment, like, you're feeling these emotions with yeah. her. I don't know. But that is it. Yeah, I don't know. If you were to give it like a out of five star rating, what what would you give it? I gave it a four. Um, like I enjoyed it. I didn't mm-hmm. love it, but I enjoyed it. Um, and I would recommend it to other people. Um, yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm about at like a Mm 3.5. So it will probably go up to four because Goodreads, you can't do stars. But I feel like the cup, there were only a couple of things about it that bugged me Mm story-wise. But those couple of things that did really bugged me. Yeah, they were like big things. Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, we were talking about his reasoning never seems like it was a good excuse or a good reason and she just by the end or not even by the end like on the flight it's like yeah that's fine I get that that's I totally Mm -hmm. understand right and then the stuff with the mom in the hospital was a little bit rough and I just like yeah I don't know it'll probably be four for me but if I was doing like with half stars I think I would go 3.5 yeah I know you said your scenes and quotes and stuff were closer to Mm -hmm. the end. Do you want to talk about those? Yes. Uh, So for me, my favorite scene um, was the part where she gets jealous Mm -hmm. and she like, she cancels, she sees something, gets jealous about it, 
kind of overreacts, cancels mm-hmm. plans with him, and he reaches out to her and he's like, "What's going on? Like, why are you canceling plans?" And she of like every normal girl, she's like, "I don't want to talk about it." Yeah. And so he's like, "Cause someone Come was over being here. like super flirty at his mm-hmm. truck, and he didn't stop it necessarily, right? Discourage it." Yeah. And yeah, she's like, or he's like, come, come over and talk to me about it. And so she goes over there and I, first of all, like, I, I, this was one of the parts where I felt like I related to her so much. Like I get Mm -hmm. the, how she was starting to feel these feelings, even though she knows it's supposed to be casual and she's starting to feel things like I'm the queen of not being able to be casual. <laughs> like, I don't even try. I don't try anymore. <laughs> um, but then also how she's like, this is where her fears come up about um, losing someone and not mm-hmm. wanting to get involved in a relationship because she lost her dad. Like, again, I get those fears of like, everyone leaves. It's like inevitable that they're going to leave. And um, so I felt like in that, in that whole scene, I just was really, really relating to her. We're like, but yeah, then, <laughs> I know. And the, also the whole overthinking thing, like queen of overthinking queen. Of, same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then the, the way that he was able to just like, he communicated with her and he said like, this is what I'm feeling like. This is where I'm at. Did you really think I was going to like cancel plans with you just for this other girl? Like the way she's like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Like, but the way that he was communicating with her, I was like, that is the man right there. Mm -hmm. And I, I wrote like in the margins, like communication equals five stars. Like (laughs) if a guy could communicate like that, his, his hotness level goes way up. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And the accent's yeah. already doing a lot for him. Right. But uh, yeah, the communication at that point yeah. was just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get like he wasn't the best throughout the book and there were different points where he like didn't handle things the best way. But I did think that the way that he was able to communicate and even later on, like he is the one that's like, look, and I honestly felt like from the beginning, he didn't really want it to just be a hookup. Like she's the one that was pushing for it to be just a hookup. So I felt like the way that he was able to just say like, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. When a guy knows what he wants, like that's pretty nice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then my favorite quote was, I loved how um, the mom always talked to the dad's ashes like Harold and so after um (laughs) Nikki did the live Mm -hmm. and the mom was like our girl really put herself out there today Harold for love love. (laughs) you'd be so (laughs) proud of her I was just like oh it was so cute because we've all been there like missing someone and just like talking to them and just wanting to have that conversation oh my gosh it was so yeah yeah I know that's what I was just like I I had been trying to think of what a favorite quote would be and I was thinking like maybe I'll I'd include something with how she talks to Harold like the first time the mom talked to Harold mm-hmm. but then I got to that point and I was like oh that's it that's, that's it. the one yeah yeah I there was one earlier too when uh Nikki is kind of micromanaging her mom's life a little bit 
And she looks up at the urn and is like, you hear that, Harold? Our daughter thinks she knows better than I do. I'm the mom. And it's like very funny. I don't know why she turned Southern there when I said that. But it was just very I think funny. that was the first time that she did it. And I was like, wait, who's Harold? Wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, so good. Well, before we start wrapping it up, do you have any other like final thoughts? Um, I don't think so. I think we covered most of everything. Like I said, I loved the scene, scenery, mm-hmm. the setting, <laughs> um, yeah, and the food of aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was, like I said, it was kind of a hard read for me, um, just because of how much I like felt like I related to her in those sure. aspects. Um, but I did like being able to see at the end of the day, like it wasn't just Callum that saved the day, you know, like there was mm-hmm. Penelope and there was her mom and there was even her mom's best friend. Yeah. Felt it felt like, like the whole out. community kind of came in to help fix the situation. Right. right. And so it was like, it's not just a guy that helped her through her hard time. And even like her being able to reach out to her friend from Oregon, like just being able to see, yeah, all these different people that helps her not just the guy I did like that aspect Mm -hmm. I did too it made the ending feel more heartfelt I feel like Mm -hmm. and even more realistic I just like it better when it's a group of people who can come together and be like this is how we're going to fix this instead of one person again kind of coming in on the white horse and being like I have solved your problems right yeah which Penelope did that a little bit but because it was yeah. <laughs> one of her girlfriends instead of the love interest, right. I feel like I liked that better. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, MVP. <laughs> MVP. She's so good. Um, well, do you want to tell people where they can follow you? Oh, yeah. Um, so my Instagram is at shell white or wait, shell underscore white 211. And then my blog is searching for Eloise.space. Yes. And just like last week, those will be down in the show notes as well. Give her a follow. Uh, And I'm just going to wrap up the episode real quickly here. You can email me through the podcast anytime at the same page pod at gmail.com. If you have any books you think we should read for the podcast, any questions, collaboration requests, uh, favorite parts of an upcoming book you want us to discuss, send me a message on Instagram, send me an email. I'd love for you folks to be a part of the discussions with us. If you want to reach out to me specifically, uh, you can find my blog with all of my full reviews and tours and all of that good stuff at tacklingtbr.home.blog and on Instagram at tackling underscore TBR. And as for the podcast, you can find and connect with us anytime uh, on Instagram at the same page podcast, on Twitter at the same page pod. And you can find us on both Facebook and YouTube just by searching for the same page podcast. And the last thing, as always, is if you folks are listening to the episodes and you like what you hear, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Uh, If you were to decide to go to Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever it is you're listening and subscribing, leaving a positive rating, and even leaving your thoughts in a review, It means the world. It takes just a minute or two, but it really helps a lot more bookish folks get introduced to the small shows. Uh, And with that, I will be back next week with 
a new guest. Very excited. But in the meantime, Rachel, thank you so much. This was fun. It was a good choice. Yeah, thanks for having me. Exciting. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Bye. Bye.